Happy Easter. I'll be reading Matthew chapter 28, verse 1 to 10. After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, he has reason, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, now I have told you. So the woman hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Thank you. Thanks so much, Beulah. Well done. So, it is great that you're here today. I am so pleased to, uh, to be celebrating Easter with all of you. If this is your first time uh, at Highgrove or you've not been for a while, then you are especially welcome. Um, we're really glad that you've chosen to, to celebrate Easter with us today. Now, we've already thought a little about great celebrations, haven't we? We've heard about cakes and exploding candles and all sorts of things this morning. But what is it that we are celebrating when we gather on Easter Sunday? Why do the events we've just read about mean that two billion people all around the world will celebrate Easter today? Why do the, the events of that first Easter matter? What difference do they make to my life and to yours? So to help us think about these questions, I have some stones, some stones for us to hold um, in our hands. So I'm going to get Reuben, I think. Reuben said that he would help. And then... Um, Anna and Pip. Um, so they're going to hand out stones. So take a stone, just one stone, and just hold it in your hand while I'm speaking. Um, I think sometimes having uh, a something tactile to hold in our hands can just help us to focus a little um, and help us to listen. Um, but the stone that you're holding can also represent two reasons why Easter matters. Now, just before the verses uh, that were read out, the Bible tells us that a large stone had been put over the front of the tomb where Jesus' body lay. You know, it was normal in that time to put stones in front of tombs. They were there to keep the living from the dead and the dead from the living. So when you get a stone, just keep it, hold it in your hand. Think about its size. I think most of them are quite small. Uh, think about its weight. Now, 
Jesus' tomb was large enough to hold his whole body. So think about how large a stone must have been to go over the entrance of the tomb. Think about how heavy that stone must have been. On that first Easter morning, the two Marys, we heard that the two Marys came to visit the tomb to see where they put Jesus' body. And the Bible tells us there was an earthquake and then an angel moved the stone and rolled it back um, from the tomb. But we need to know that the angel didn't move the stone to let Jesus out. Jesus had already been raised to life again by God. He was already out of the tomb. The angel moved the stone so that those who came to see would be able to see inside, so that the whole world would see that no, Jesus was no longer there. He moved the stone so that, uh, so that he could tell them that Jesus is written and they could go inside and see for themselves. So the stone, a bigger stone than, than, than what's in your hand, a stone that was meant to be a barrier, uh, now became an entrance. So hold your stone. Help, it can help us to remember that the stone that covered the tomb of Jesus. So that's our first stone. It was a stone that was meant to tell us that Jesus was dead, to keep Jesus a long way away from us. But it's now become the stone on which an angel sits and declares that Jesus Christ has beaten the power of death and is risen and alive and at work in this world. You know, this matters to us because it means that we too can have eternal life. Jesus' Jesus' resurrection from from death means opens the way for all who trust in him to also be resurrected uh, from the dead when Jesus returns. It means that death doesn't have the last word in our lives. It means the grave uh, isn't the end of our stories, that there is eternal hope. So the stone in your hands can remind us of the stone which showed us that Jesus is alive. And we too can receive eternal life. But our stones can also stand for a second thing. See, a few months after these uh, events, a man named Peter, he was one of Jesus' first disciples. Um, He prayed for a man whose legs didn't work. And the man was healed. His legs started to work. The authorities, those are people in charge around, were concerned about all the fuss and the publicity that, uh, that this was causing for the followers of Jesus. So they arrested Peter and they asked him how this had happened, how this man had been healed. And Peter replied, from, uh, this is, you can read this in Acts chapter 4. So Peter replied, Um, It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. 
Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which, by which we must be saved. Peter understood that Jesus is the cornerstone. That the the um, if you were building a building, the the the, build, the bricks in the corner are really important. They're the ones that hold up the roof um, and keep it stable and secure. Peter understood that Jesus was that cornerstone in our lives, the firm foundation that we can build on. So Jesus didn't come just to bring a, a, give us eternal life, but fullness of life today on this, on this earth. The world has felt rather shaky and uncertain for a while now, hasn't it? You know, the things that we thought were sure, uh, uh, can, we can no longer take for granted. In our 21st century world, we're bombarded every day with messages and opinions about who we are and what we should think and how we should feel. But just as Peter knew all those centuries before, it's only in Jesus that we can know salvation. It's only in Jesus that we can know our identity and purpose. Because Jesus has beaten the power of sin and death, we can find healing and wholeness and freedom from sin and from addiction. In Jesus, we can know forgiveness from past failings and we can find the strength to forgive others. If we choose to build our lives on Jesus, just as hope will do when we have a baptism in our second service, uh, we can experience a strong and stable life. So could I just ask you to take your stones away with you? Take them home, perhaps or keep them in your pocket, just to remind you, firstly, of the stone in front of the tomb that was rolled away, that tells us that Jesus is alive. And secondly, that Jesus is the cornerstone, the foundation, the rock on whom we can build lives of security and purpose. I'd love to pray uh, for us now. And um, I, when I was praying about this uh, this morning, I felt like Jesus, through uh, through His Holy Spirit, just gave me wanted to to bring uh, life to people this morning. I think he, firstly, he wants to, to raise people from the dead. Not, not really, not sort of um, literally, but figuratively. He wants to uh, give people that offer of whole life, of, of new life, of life in him. So there's going to be an opportunity just now, just in a moment, to invite Jesus into your life, maybe for the first time. It's, 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 we're just going to pray. We're going to pray a really simple prayer that says, sorry, thank you, and please. Sorry for the wrong things we've done. Thank you that Jesus died for us. And for, ask him to please come into our lives. So we're just going to um, be quiet now. You've all been very quiet already. Well done. Um, perhaps hold your stone in your hand so you can remember uh, those things that we, we've talked about. And if you'd like to have a friendship 
with Jesus. Then I'm going to say this prayer really slowly, and you can perhaps repeat the words quietly in your own mind to, to, to him. So, Lord Jesus Christ, I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong in my life. Please forgive me now. Maybe you think you can think of some of the things that you've done wrong that you want to say sorry for. Thank you that you died on the cross so that we might be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, I'd love to chat and pray with you at the end um, as well. And I've got a little gift to give you um, so that it can help you find out a little bit more about Jesus. But I also felt like um, Jesus wanted to bring breathe life into people who have prayed that prayer before in the past, who know Jesus and have got Jesus living in their lives already. But perhaps they feel that that part of their life has been a bit dormant, perhaps a little bit asleep. God gave me a picture of a daisy. And if you've ever seen daisies at night time, they sort of close up, don't they? They close up during the night to protect themselves. And I think um, that, that maybe there's some people here who've, who've closed up a little bit to God. They've closed up to protect themselves or perhaps they've just closed up from life because it's been really tough. And um, I just feel like God wants to breathe new life into you this morning. So I'm just going to invite you to, everybody to stand up I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray that um, I'm going to pray a, a, an ancient prayer, prayer that has been uh, spoken by the church for two thousand years. Come, Holy Spirit. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you come to us now. Will you breathe life? Where that part of our lives, where maybe uh, has been dormant, has been asleep. Our faith in you has just been pushed to the back of our minds. Maybe just life itself, we've just sort of closed down, we've sort of crossed our arms just to protect ourselves. We pray, Jesus, that you'll breathe new life. We receive your spirit now. And we just wait. We just wait, because sometimes, particularly when we've been a little bit closed, a little bit dry, a little bit far from God, it can just take us a little bit of time to open up again. So we wait for you, Jesus. Come. Come, Lord Jesus, bring life. Jesus. Just going to invite the, the band back onto the stage.